what the whole lawsuit against LuLaRoe uh, being a pyramid scheme was about was that they were actually a pyramid scheme and, and people were getting bonuses based on what they purchased rather than what they were actually selling to an end consumer. Well, one of those women that was up there, her name was Kim Roylance. She was my very tippity tippity toppity toppity mega hunt. She's still in the company. She's like Deanne's bestie. They're super gross. She was the one that told everybody to sell their breast milk to be able to pay for LuLaRoe. That was her. So she it's like the mega hun get these huge checks. She was the first LuLaRoe consultant to accumulate over $1 million in bonus checks. And she was presented one of those like, you know, publishers clearing house like checks at convention one night, one time, uh -huh. like a million dollars that she had collectively earned up to that point. Testimony continued today in the most notorious criminal trial in Richland County history. Dr. John Boyle is accused of killing his wife, Noreen, and burying her body in the basement of his new home in Erie, Pennsylvania. The 12-year-old son finally took the stand. As I heard a scream, I heard a thud. It was about this loud. We, the jury, find the defendant guilty. When I was 12 years old, my testimony sent my father to prison for murdering my mother. This podcast serves as a type of therapy and reconciliation for myself and it is my hope that it helps anyone who has experienced deception, betrayal, and dark trauma. I'm Collier Landry, and this is Moving Past Trauma. Hey, movers. Welcome back to another episode of Moving Past Trauma. I'm your host, Collier Landry, and what's going on? Thank you all for tuning in. I am very excited today because... I have a guest who I have been um, really just itching to talk to ever since I saw her on a documentary, which was called Lula Rich, which is on Amazon, which is about, for those of you that were really into the leggings <laughs> that were really big on Facebook and all these marketplaces, eBay, whatnot, they, people were clamoring for them. And I, while, while I can't understand the, uh, the, excitement around leggings. I do remember Beanie Babies and the hysteria that was surrounding Beanie Babies. So uh, I think a lot of this was very parallel to the LuLaRoe uh, leggings. Um, so I'm really pleased to have Roberta Blevins join me today. She is a mother and an MLM advocate. She hosts a podcast, Life After MLM. I hope I didn't butcher that. Uh, and she's just a really cool person. She lives out here in California with the rest of us sunshine seekers. And, um, yeah, so I'm excited to have her. Uh, if you guys are, uh, if you guys have a question, uh, in this, during the podcast, throw me a sticker, it'll catch my eye and, uh, I'll try to get answers as quickly as possible. So, uh, without further ado, Roberta, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I lost my voice a little bit. I was just camping this weekend and we were doing trail angeling for PCT hikers who are starting down here at the South Terminus. Cause I live in San Diego. And every time we had a hiker come into our camp, we would scream, woo! So I've lost my woo. <laughs> my woo that's, is gone. That's all good. So so what, what is this exactly? Because you, you messaged me about this. And I was like, what is this PCT? So what, tell me a little bit. Yeah. Okay. So the PCT stands for the Pacific Crest Trail. Anybody who is a hiker, a through hiker, or a section hiker probably knows. It is one of the more grueling hikes in the United States. Um, although because we have really great... Um, national parks over here on the west coast it is really beautifully maintained uh, but it basically takes you from canada i'm sorry from mexico to canada uh, it's like 26 almost 2700 miles 
Hold on. So is it 2,700 miles to Canada from, from the border? From like Mexico about, I don't know the exact, but it's, it's big. And so, um, I, I'm not a through hiker. I, I don't think you'll ever see me on the trail for more than a few days, <laughs> but I love to, uh, section hike. So I've sectioned hike on the PCT and I've just day hiked on the PCT because it's out here. Uh, but one of the things I love to do, cause I'm more of a camper personally is we do what's called trail angeling. And, um, anybody who's been on a trail knows they look for trail magic when they're out there a couple uh-huh. days of just eating ramen or dehydrated food in your pack you come across a sign that says there's trail magic one mile this way. And then uh, when you get there, we did the first night we did hamburgers and hot dogs. And then we did breakfast burritos in the morning. We did spaghetti night. The next night we make sandwiches. So when the hikers come in, as they're unpacking, they can grab a sandwich. There's a hiker cooler with beers and sodas and like Yoohoo and Capri Sun, anything you could imagine that you would be like, Oh my God, this is exactly what I need after three days of wilderness and then a whole table with like all kinds of like single serving condiments that they can take with them to zhuzh up all of their meals on the trail fruit snacks all kinds of stuff and then also a, a, a place that we provide for them to camp for the night so they've got we, we get like a bunch of spots and it's really fun uh the last night was tacos and beer and we had i love that. i think there was like 60 people at the campsite we fed at least 50 plus hikers It was, it's amazing. And you get to meet so many people from so, you know, and as a podcast host, it's like live podcasting. So I'm going around, I'm like, hi, where are you from? What's your name? Why are you doing this? How, how do you, like, that's my question is like, where are you from? How far are you planning to go? Cause some people just do parts. Some people are planning to go the way. Um, And then also how did you fund this trip? Like, do you just have a really great job? Were you able to take the time off? Like, how did you, cause it takes, if you do the whole thing, it's going to take five to six months. So what's the luxury in your life that you have the ability to take a, a half a year off to walk across the country? And and people have really interesting stories and it's just a really fun, uh, it's a really fun experience. If you ever have the opportunity to trail angel, it's really fun. <laughs> it sounds like so much fun. and It's so like much fun. <laughs> six, but six, six months. Wow. Yeah. To go 20... 20- 2700 yeah. miles i guess i mean that's... you're hiking through the snow you're going all the way up to the top of the sierras and down you go through mammoth you go through yosemite you go through oh, all of no... it oh okay so it's it's legit it's legit yeah <laughs> there are some parts that are not as hard but yes it's legit even the small I heard San like Diego and I'm thinking, oh yeah, you're by Oceanside or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it's the whole, it's the whole crest <laughs> of the Pacific yeah. coast. It's, it's a beautiful hike. Um, and like, yeah, if you check like hashtag PCT, you'll see all the really cool stuff. There's hot springs. I have a friend that's doing the whole thing and he just posted that he was in hot springs and he just took just in the middle of nowhere, like in this hot springs pool, he's <laughs> just like bathing in like, this is wild. To imagine that there's this whole other wilderness that's just a couple miles east of like where we are. I mean, it goes all the way up through San Bernardino, up past through Hesperia, all the way. I'm I'm super interested in this. Yeah. Now, I, I, <laughs> I don't know what I it am. is in kilometers because everybody, everybody, like literally everybody on the trail that we meet, like sure at least half of them are not from the united states like yeah, i've met people from I, I met an israeli couple that were really cool uh there were some people from the czech republic that we met the other night lots of canadians and so all of them are like oh kilometers kilometers i was like i'm sorry that we don't know metric <laughs> i'm so sorry <laughs> lots of canadians today they must fly down and then come 
And then yeah, fly, a lot of them fly in and yeah, it's really cool. It's a really cool wildernessy thing. It's great. It's also like great therapy that I've oh, been reclaiming. Sure. So yeah, that's how for I've sure. been you're reclaiming my adventure. You're and you're giving back and you're, and you're yeah. out there and like, yeah, that sounds, that sounds like amazing fun. I need to do this. This sounds it's like so fun to the bucket list. Well, we can do one. I'll plan. We'll figure something out. We're on the same coast. We'll figure it out. We'll have, we'll take all, we'll bring Tara. We'll have a whole like, yeah, group of like all our little, we'll do a survivor's friends. angel. Uh, yeah. The angel. I, 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 I'm going to say that I won't commit everyone to like the hiking of the Camino. But <laughs> no, 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 no. Angels camp. Camino. Hikers come through the camp and stay yes, yes. and we get a new group every night. The Some of them stay angel. actually. Some of them stay. We had this one guy who was really cool. His name was Peter and he stayed for two days because he was like wait what's tomorrow we're like breakfast uh, we're like uh, breakfast burritos and tacos and beer and he's like i might take a zero i said there's this really cool swimming hole i'll take you up to he's like okay so I, I did i took them all on this hike on this little up the river past this little spot where most people like hang out to this little swimming hole that actually my friends had dammed like 15 years ago people i still camp with like my cousin and stuff and they're like oh yeah we did that like 15 years ago and it's like a pool that's like four so four four and a half feet deep and because there's so much water right now in California, it was full. And so all the guys were like doing cannonballs off the rocks and stuff. They're like, okay, this was totally worth it. That's, that's <laughs> it's those sounds, kind of things so that you says, wouldn't find. When he says take a zero, he, uh, in terms of miles, like, he's just like, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna sit this one out. I'm gonna have, yeah. fun. I want to give a thank you to uh, Tins Fly. I think this is what this is. Just joined as a new member on my channel, so thank you very much for that. Must be yeah. all the tales of the hike. This is this sounds really really fun. And Tara wrote, she's like, oh yeah, no, let's totally do this. Totally, this everything sounds so much fun. Yeah, a lot absolutely. of people want to do this. So is it camping or is it glamping or a mixture of both? Well, see, I car camp, so I, I have a tent and I have. I mean, I I cook over a fire. I'll cook. I'll do whatever. Ever. but I, I either sleep in my car or I sleep in a tent mostly because the places I go are a little more remote uh -huh. <laughs> and don't necessarily have hookups and a lot of times it's like spot only or like camping only um but I'll do anything I don't care like I mean I've literally camped in with everything on my back slept in the middle of the forest and camped out so I will literally camp anywhere but my trail angel name because I like the luxuries of home my trail angel name is is bougie because I'm always the one that has, like I bring whipped cream. So like these hikers are like doing their coffee and I'm like, did you want whipped cream? They're like, oh my God, yes, I want whipped cream. And at home whipped cream's nothing, but on the trail it's like, oh, who yeah. has whipped cream? Where did you get that? So I bring like oh, caramel yeah. sauce and all the, you know, mar marshmallows and all the fancy chocolates and cookies and everything. So I get, um, I get called bougie. And at burger night, I actually, I, had, I went to In-N-Out Burger and I got a bunch of packets of spread so that we would have, secret in and out burger sauce and so th they're like see and i was like i know i have to just i just have to <laughs> claim it for myself because i am kind of bougie when i camp but that's at home i'm really not at all funny. i'm only bougie when i'm outside that's really funny but yeah sign me up anyway. that sounds that sounds uh like a lot of fun it's, it's so fun i guess i can equate it i just remember it being like you know 100 degrees in la and going up to like griffith park and hiking and then you come down and there's a guy with a with a cooler full of like gatorades and they have a little venmo sign and then they, you know of course they're like four dollars they're, they're you know something astronomical but you're just like god that looks really good i'm just yeah gonna, i'm just gonna bite yeah. a bullet on that one so yeah i think that we do have a donation bucket 
Yeah. I mean, and, and hikers will give us donations. It literally pays for the spot. I mean, it never pays for everything, but it helps offset the cost so that we're not like at next time, you know, and it's really fun. It's kind of like, um, and yeah, someone mentioned about <laughs> wild wild, um, was a movie that, that, uh, Reese Witherspoon did about a woman that, that hiked a good portion of the PCT. And it's really interesting because she did it in the nineties when it wasn't nearly as popular. So people watch it now and they're like, that sounds terrifying. Like she seems all alone. It's not like that anymore. Like Where's there, I don't iPhone? think there was any section on the hike where I did, where there was maybe 30 minutes where I didn't see somebody, but eventually I would pass somebody or somebody would pass me and then always camping. There was tons of people everywhere. So, I mean, tons of people for the wilderness. You're like, Oh, another person. But in the movie, it seems like there's nobody. And back in the nineties, it was like that, but now it's a lot more popular and a lot more populated. You have to get like passes and stuff. So there's not too many people out there, things like that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's so cool. Like I absolutely, it's like the coolest, most fun thing. And um, absolutely like we're, we're survivors. And, and that's one of the ways that I have decided I love to hike before I did this whole LuLaRoe thing. And in fact, yeah. they talk about me leaving the mountain to go get my boxes in the documentary. <laughs> and that's the same campsite that it was at this last weekend. So, you know what I mean? It's full circle. I'm back at it. I've reclaimed it. And, um, and now I'm like the more the merrier, everybody come. It's so fun. Like it's really get great. a tent. You can get a super cheap tent, at like target or Walmart or whatever, like very cheap come we have everything else you just need a place to sleep <laughs> i can't believe i'm gonna i can't believe i'm gonna well i, I have a more important question to ask you actually so okay. when a tree falls in the forest is anyone here i'm someone's around probably i think that sound would make sound regardless of if there was someone to hear it it doesn't seem like physics or sound or science would only work if someone was there to watch right yeah i don't know so i so the so i have camping gear I have a really nice tent. Okay. A really nice sleeping bag. I think I have a pair pad. Unless somebody's stolen, stolen it. But <laughs> like a lot of my stuff. But uh, I, I should Tara, throw it all. Tara's got gear too. I, and I, I should. I've got trekking poles and everything. But the last time I went camping was about 10 years ago. I went with a music group that I was in. And we were all playing music. And I remember that night, uh, you know, everybody was drinking whiskey. I didn't have any whiskey, but I did have a, a, a marijuana edible. Mm -hmm. And I went into my tent and I fell asleep <laughs> and it was great. It was great. And you know, it's pitch black in the middle right. of where we're, cause we were up like in Ventura County. In okay. Yeah. Random remote spot. And there was this screeching loud, absolutely terrifying sound. And of course you're in pitch darkness and you went and you're like in a tent and you're like, what is, it? I'm like, is it a bear? Is it a bub? I'm just, it, it's just this screeching. Reach. I mean, it's it's definitely. Was it a peacock? It's a deafening sound, <laughs> and I get out of it and I find my flashlight. I come out of the the um, coming out of my tent, and I've got the flashlight. I'm in my underwear. My friend runs out. He's with his girlfriend. He's just in his underwear, his tidy whiteies, and he's got. He had brought a machete that none of us knew he had. He's got this machete, and he's and he's like, what? And he was. <laughs> it was so funny. And we couldn't figure out what had happened and where it was, where this, this mythical, you know, Beowulf-like beast, <laughs> like out of lore or something. Like it was that. Grendel. Like, yeah, Grendel. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, out of Beowulf, Grendel or, right, yeah. you know, the Lord of the Rings. I mean, it sounded like this thing. And the next morning at first light, I get up. I don't think I actually went back to sleep, to be quite honest with you, because I was just so terrified. And I look 
And what had happened is, is that terrifying sound was a tree had fallen and it had hit another tree and it was dragging down the tree and that was making, was making this loud screeching sound. But it literally, here's the kicker. It literally fell five feet from my tent. So the tree, <laughs> this is how you know that somebody's watching over you. This is how I know I almost like, if it hadn't hit that tree, it would have killed me. I mean, oh it was a, it was a massive tree. I just, oh, and, and, it, wow. and I remember, and I just remember like looking at it and it wasn't really, it, it took about, it took a couple of minutes for it to set in to think, oh yeah, I guess that would have killed me. Yeah. I, just thought, I just, I was like trying to think and I saw all this like, you know, bark on the ground and everything. And that's what, that is what had happened. It was, it was scary. Oh my God. That about. sounds but, terrifying. But hey, I have lived to tell that. That was the last time right. I was camping in that time, like an actual tent. I've been glamping in a cabin, but right. like in an actual tent, that was the last time. That's I fun that, too. So. Yeah. Um, no, you said machete. I have a machete and that's funny because like I keep it near me when I sleep and I was talking about this and I was talking to the guy, the, the men that were hikers, they were packing up in the morning and I, I made some sort of joke. I always make uncomfortable jokes because that's how you process trauma. Of and course. I made some sort of joke about like, you know, if I can't reach my machete, I, I, I've got to scan around to figure out which, which weapon I could use, you know? And so this guy's like, well, what weapon would you use on me? And I was like, I instantly had an answer. I was like, well, I'll bash your head on that rock like that real quick. And then I could get this and I could, you know, and he was like, dang. And he was, and I was like, it's very obvious to me that you're not a woman. And then the other woman hiker, she was like, oh yeah, duh. Like she was like, she's like, I know exactly what I would do too in all of those situations. And all of the men just sort of like looked around at us and like looked at each other. And they were, I think they had this whole like, wow, that as that is actually something that like we've never had to, that's not a daily thought. I'm like, no, it's like a constant thought, like constantly. It was a weird realization, I think, for some of them. Yeah. To be like, oh, like, yes, I'm not going to, but I could if I had to. That's not what I want to have to do, obviously. But, you know. Now, I'm curious. What if now <laughs> you, we're going to we're going <laughs> to we're going to get into your story. But, yeah, really, uh, right? <laughs> no, but this is great. But I do wonder if REI had started an MLM, would that be tempting? I am a member of their co-op. Me too. <sighs> I mean, I wouldn't join an MLM if it was, even if it was REI, I'd be super sad. I'd have to find like another place to get all my stuff. Right. I'd be super sad. You'd be in quite a conundrum. <laughs> the woman, when I was buying a bunch of stuff like a month ago or something, she's like, D have you gotten your kudos yet or whatever? You know, like your, um, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. your whatever it is points, back. Yeah. And I was like, oh no, because I had just re-signed up and she's like, she's like going boop. She's like, oh you're really going to like them next year then. And I was like, I'm aware of how much I've spent here so far. Thank you. Like you don't need to. It is a very, well, very I, I, just got, I just got mine and I was cleaning up a bunch of stuff in the kitchen and the, and the envelope fell in the trash. And I was like, <laughs> and, and, and I, and I thought, Oh, it's just junk. And I was like, no, that's the REI. Point. There's a coupon in there. Um, I don't have the credit card though. I think that's probably what saves me. And REI is like 45 minutes from where I live. Sure. So it's not an impulse for me. Like target is, but I do usually have something I don't need in my REI cart online. Like, I'm just like, Ooh, that's on sale. That looks like a good deal. I'm waiting for this jacket to go on sale. That's my next Ooh. REI purchase. I'm just yes. waiting. I'm waiting for this like puffy to go on sale. 
Well, I, you know, <laughs> so when I talk about the camping gear that I have, I accumulated all that, not because I had an REI addiction, because I love REI, <laughs> but because my friend did. So the reason why I have all this high-end camping stuff is because he was obsessive about buying new gear. Oh, so you got all the hand-me-downs. I got, I, well, I mean, I bought it from him, but it would buy it at like whatever, 80% off of what he paid for. Because yeah. like, it's because you, you know, it becomes like an addiction when you're buying things and I, things are coming in. It gets very exciting. Well, there's and like you, really cool gear. Like I'm such like, I'm such a so tech cool. and gear person. I'm with you. So like REI is, I'm like, mm, it's, it's outside tech. Like, <laughs> I, Yeah, exactly. And it, and it's, uh. It's it's a great thing for me because I love to mountain bike, but they don't have good mountain biking stuff at REI. No diss on REI, they're mountain biking. Oh stuff, yeah, stuff. I mean like tools and stuff. They have some good tools that which I buy or looper, like or a whatever, bike, but like, bike. They don't have good bike. You know they don't have good right. bikes. I mean I wouldn't buy a bike from them. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe tires if I was desperate, like in the pandemic. But right. but uh, that's the saving grace. But yeah, my friend would just buy this and he'd be like, "I'm getting a new sleeping bag, so I'll sell you this one because this is this is the thermal." This I'm like. Chris, why right. do you need a new what why do you need a new sleeping bag? Well, no, this is the one that I'm like, hey, okay. Great. I'll I'll buy it. So I have all this right. this gear. I literally have like a, a military army, you know, because he would get into the surplus stores right. and get the official oh know, my God. US military issued backpacks. I mean, just crazy. camelbacks for days. I mean, yeah. You, I have a water bottle that's like a it's a life straw, but it's a life straw water bottle. Yep. Yep. So you can literally like drink right from the river. So when I do day water. hikes, that's what I take as long as there's a, like at least a f flowing water source, because then I can just literally, <laughs> my friend's like, are you going to drink that? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, aren't you worried about Giardia? And I was like, no, no there's a filter in this. That's why I'm not worried about it. I wouldn't try it. And I was like, I'm going to drink the whole thing and get a refill. <laughs> like, it is. They, it's they literally for that. <laughs> they are, it, it really, they, those things really are amazing. It's you don't so have to put cool. purifying tablets. I remember when I discovered those purifying. Nope, nope, nope. Don't need those. You literally screw it on. It fits all the water bottles, and you just Ding. and it just it's amazing. Easy, easy. Um, okay, so right. anyway, so enough of the REI and the camping stories. Uh, so you were in a documentary that I had, that I had seen a couple of years ago, I guess now, uh, yeah. called Lula Rich, <laughs> about an MLM company. That I mean, I think they all go sideways, but this was yeah. like, this was something else. Yeah. So the company was Lularoe. Yes. And they made these leggings. That was like the thing, right? Yeah, that's what they were known for. But they made all kinds of stuff, and they they still exist, and they still make clothes to this day. Uh, but mostly women's clothes, and mostly like very comfortable, stretchy, um, not clothes that were like sized with numbers, but more like small, extra large very stretchy stuff, um, very forgiving and, um, also brightly colored, brightly patterned. And then because it was a Mormon company, all of the gar all of the clothes actually were long enough to cover garments as well. So, what do you mean by that? Wait, wait. uh, so Mormon, uh, the garments that they wear underneath their clothes, which is one of their beliefs, uh, they come down. Like, I think the women's come to here. So like all of their shirts were longer than that. So that like your garment wouldn't be showing. Hold on. It's a, uh, I'm not Mormon shirt, and I don't want to like under a shirt. Is that what they do? But it's like they wear the shirt and then they wear their bra and underwear over the garments. Like the garments are what touch your skin because they're blessed. You buy them from the temple. They're blessed oh. and you wear them and they protect you. And then you put like your underwear and everything on top. My, my best friend is 
is working her way out. And so my questions are answered from her, but she's like, I don't know why. <laughs> like, I just do as I'm told basically. So I'm sure there's somebody listening who knows exactly, but I think the theory and the belief is that the garments are blessed. And so you're protected by the garment. Got it. If, if somebody says here, uh, Michelle says it's a full body sacred undergarment. Yeah. And they did an episode of South Park where they talk about like Mormonism of and they call they magic do. underwear. <laughs> so it's the Mormon magic underwear is what they they're known by. It's sort of like, but they are, they're like temple garments. They, they're like bike shorts they're like and the men and the women wear them. They're like bike shorts and like, and it, yeah, I know. Mormon sacred gardens, gar gardens, garments, garments. garments. To, to cover your sacred gardens. Anyway. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, so, okay. So let's see. So, um, okay. So they made these, they made these leggings and tops and, and all this stuff. So, so what was the frenzy? And you got into this at what, what time, what year? I first heard about it in 2015, which was when I was starting to get really wild. Mm -hmm. And I, joined in march of 2016. so, so were, you, were you a customer first were there friends that i were i was a customer but only because i was doing market research <laughs> so um i was a stay-at-home mom and my my now ex-husband uh you know i wanted to come home and be more home and i was working out of town i was working in santa monica doing hair like once a month, I would drive up from San Diego for the whole weekend. And as my daughter got older, um, it was harder because she's in school and I'm missing things. I'm missing like being able to volunteer or like do these things. So I'm looking around and I'm looking to the future going, I need to find something that's going to bring it home. And I was still, I was working at home too in a salon, but I had worked in LA. And so I had a really good clientele that brought in like a, like a substantial chunk of money that I couldn't just cut off and be like, oh, well, like I needed to replace it. And so I started thinking like, how can I replace this? I was looking at a lot of different things. I was blogging. Um, I was doing a bunch of different things, like bringing money in as us neurodivergent ADHers, ADH, ADH, I can't even say it right now. You know what I mean? ADHD years <laughs> do. <laughs> Inventing words on the fly is another one of those things. So um, I needed to bring something home and like make it easier for me to be home. And I just, I saw somebody on Facebook who was talking about these really great leggings and I wore a lot of leggings as a stay-at-home mom. And I was like, oh, those are kind of, I mean, bright and wild, but they look comfy. And she's like, oh, they're super comfy. And so I bought a pair and um, I bought like a, she was selling like used pairs that she had like, didn't like anymore or whatever. She had, she had lost weight and she didn't fit them, fit in them or something. So I bought them for like five bucks just to see. And I was like, oh, these are comfy. That was the first time I ever put on LuLaRoe ever tried it. It was a $5 pair that I had bought off somebody. And I was like, these are super soft and thick. And at the time, back in 2015, they were. And so I started looking. I was like, I'm going to find a black pair. Like, holy grail. I thought it'd be easy. And it wasn't. And so in looking for this black pair of leggings, I was like, why is it so hard to find like the most basic color? I was not on the pyramid scheme, scam side of it. I'm still on the consumer. And like, could I do this? And I'm like, is it just so popular that like people just can't keep black in? Like it's so popular. It's flying off the shelves. So I started joining groups to sort of do market research <laughs> and to see if I could find what I was looking for. And what I saw was it was just people could not keep it in stock. And I started thinking to myself, like, I could sell this. I could do this. This is so easy. It's just people sitting on their couch being like sold for sold seven. You know what I mean? Like just whatever. They're just like, 
and people are like buying, 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 buying. And I'm just like, I could do this. Like I, I could do this. And so that, that was the first seed. And then from there, it was trying to prove my husband who was like, you have a lot of stuff going on. Like, do you need to do this? And I'm like, well, it's going to replace the other thing. It's going to replace. So like, yeah, like you got to hustle so that, you know, and he was like, I don't know. I don't know. He, it wasn't so much. It was a pyramid scheme or that he thought it was a scam. He really thought that I was just taking on way too much. And that starting an at home business would just be way too much. Uh, and it was, and he was right. Um, but I was like, I can do this. I can do this. And eventually after a couple months, I like wore him down essentially. And he's like, if you're going to do it, like go get your own credit card, go get your own bank account, go get your own thing that's separate from the family money and manage it on your own. Like if it, if it goes down, like it needs to be separate. And I was like, all right. I mean, smart hindsight, right? I was like, okay. okay. So I went and I did that. And uh, I remember like my upline who is who you join and like who recruits you and who you join under, they were like almost almost weekly in this like three to four month span from the moment that I decided this might be a good idea to the moment I signed the papers. It was like, what'd your husband say this week? Did you show him the thing we sent you? Did you show him my income? Did you have him watch that thing? Did you want him to have to talk to my husband who felt the same way when I joined things like that, you know? So there was a lot of like just indoctrination that was coming out from like so many different angles. And, um, you know, I, of course I'm saying yes, 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 because I'm trying to convince him as well. So I join and everything's good. Everything's going great. People are like joining underneath me. They're like, I want to be with you. I heard about LuLaRoe and I thought I saw that you were doing it. You're the person I want to be under. I was like, okay. I really never had to approach anybody, never had to recruit anybody. It always came to me. People were very interested. I gave them as honest of answers as they possibly could. And people just wanted to join it because it was so incredibly popular at the time. Like it was just, it was just like, flying off the shelves like I said like everybody wanted a part of this anyway so that's sort of like how it started <laughs> that was the beginning that was before I saw like a lot of red flags just a few red flags so this is 20 you say March of 2016 when you joined so yeah. how so how I mean how long did you, you were in it for quite a while I believe right I was in it for 18 months it seemed like a lot longer but when I did the counting I was like oh it was only like 18 months um it was it was a whirlwind of a year and a half though I'll tell you that uh I just once you get in like a lot of people I don't know what it was like a lot of people I think get in and if they don't find early success, they're, they kind of like say, hey, I'm not into this and they move on to another one or they leave, you know, and they go, I'm not a great salesperson, but I had pretty early success. And um, all those people joined underneath me. I had pretty good sales. I, I'm a personable person. So, and I already knew how to sell being a hairstylist and yeah. to sell myself and how to talk to people. Yeah. And so I think it just came really easily. Again, everybody wanted it. And I didn't really start to notice like, anything bad I, the first like red flag maybe that I really registered as a red flag though looking back hindsight right there was a lot more but the first red flag that I actually like registered were getting like damaged leggings in the mail and the way that they treated that entire thing I think that was probably the first time that I was like I thought this was supposed to be a business that was like the first like this doesn't make any sense for me sending me damaged items and then like gaslighting me about it <laughs> yeah so so that's and how long did how like how did that how how far into it were you how many months into it when you started just 
Is that something they did right away? They're like, oh, she's sending active orders, or was it, or was it a little less, was it a little less, uh, less egregious than that? They just I, were really bad at their business, and they just sent yeah. crap. I don't think it was necessarily that egregious. I think they're just stupid, in my opinion, <laughs> in my experience. <laughs> um, I think they're just stupid, and I think that they just messed things up, and they hoped that it would be like cast enough wide that not many people would be able to talk to each other and, and say that happened to me too. Um, so it was like, it would come, it would be like one thing in an order. It wouldn't be like the whole order. Right. So it'd be like one little thing where you're like, this is annoying, but I'll set it aside and move on because I'm not going to spend hours on one item. And I think that also sort of was like, there's this whole like, well, it's not that big of a deal. It's like one thing mentality of things like because, a lot of times people won't return so things in stores because it's like it's not uh, i'll just give it to my kid or like i'll just give it to my friend or whatever you know and so there's this it, it didn't cost me a ton of money so it's not a huge loss and it seems like the frustration of having to go about returning it is more than what it's worth to me so excuse me i have like a hiccups like that's how it sort of was i get like one item or two items and i'd be like this is weird Maybe that's so strange. It's never happened before. And I'm like, it literally happened last week. I emailed you about this last week. It happened literally seven days ago. Why are you telling me it's never happened before? It was that sort of, <laughs> it was that sort of thing. Um, I got stuff that like reeked like death. Like I, I've smelled like you know. I'm from the country. Like I know what a dead rat smells like. <laughs> Yeah. So when I said it smelled like dead rats, it that's what it smelled like. It smelled like dead rats. It smelled like dead animals. It was horrific, horrific. Um, it stunk up my whole house. Like the whole next morning, it smelled like a fart. I was like, what happened in here? Dead rat. Like it was really strange. Stuff soaking wet. And not just like leggings. I had shirts and like dresses that were also soaking wet in different orders. And it was um <clears throat> It eventually stopped, and I think that's why I probably stopped pursuing it as well. But it was hindsight 2020 when you look back and you get more, not all, but a lot more of the puzzle pieces to be able to put together and look at it. So going back, that was the time that they were storing everything outside, and yes. we didn't know that. Yes. We didn't know they were storing things outside. So being in Southern California, you know the condensation in the morning. It, oh, yes. It's more than enough to make something wet enough that when you ship it, it's still kind of wet when I get it. One thing that was maybe on the edge of a pallet that was outside. <clears throat> we also started talking to people when the documentary came out. People were like commenting on TikTok and, and things like that and going, oh, I used to work for them and this happened to me. And someone said like that her and her boyfriend's job very briefly at LuLaRoe was to go around in the morning and, and pull out all the dead rats and possums and skunks and things that had crawled into those big metal Gaylord bins overnight and died and gotten trapped and died. So I was like, okay, well, check number two. There's literal, I said dead rat, and you're telling me you're pulling dead rats off of them? So it was that kind of stuff that we see like later on. But like in the time, I just felt crazy because I'm like, no, it stinks really bad. And they're like, just put it in the freezer. And the freezer will kill the stink and then you can sell them at a discount. And I was like, so I now have to like put them in the freezer, sell them at a discount to get my money back when you could just give me my money back right now. Why am I taking the hit? Why do I have to do all this work to get my money back? Why can't you just give me my money back? So it was those things, right? Like being a hairstylist and working in the salon, I'd been working in the salon for like 15 years at that point. Anytime, anytime something that didn't work, a 
so a person came in and said, I tried the shampoo. I don't like the way it smells and I, I can't. Okay, no problem. Yeah, when that rep comes in, that rep goes, hey, you have any returns? And I go, oh yeah, this, my client hated the way it smelled. She goes, oh, okay, I'm so sorry. Here, you know, here's a new one for your salon to sell. I'll take this one. Here's a brand new one. No problem. I'm so sorry that you even had to have this conversation with me. Here's a free item. Like it was right. <laughs> like, that's how it is in a regular business. And so when I was not afforded that same courtesy as their customer like that, I was like, this, it's, this is not how you run a business. Like this is, I'm supposed to be right. You're supposed to say, oh my God, you got dead rats. Like that's horrible. Like, We're why gonna, do they you know smell? I mean? Why are they damp? I can't believe they sent you damaged product. As opposed Burn to, Don't right, bother as opposed to like back. weird. <laughs> Burn, so put those in the freezer and see if you can recover it. But we're going to send you new ones. And if you can, bonus for you. You can sell them or do whatever and give them to your friends. It was a total nightmare. Now, and is that so, how you get the smell out though? You freeze stuff? Is that? That's is what that they weird? said. I never tried it. I oh, okay. packaged them up. I sealed them up real good. And I wrote like stinky leggings on them. And I, put, and I, I hid them in like the back. And I didn't even remember I had them until after I had left LuLaRoe and I was cleaning out my LuLaRoe. Hey, RK, I was cleaning out my LuLaRoe stuff. And I was like, oh, the stinky leggings. I wonder if they're still stinky. And they were. They were made by machine, correct? They were so stinky. And they were made by machine, right? Because there was a lawsuit, correct? They had... Uh, they, it was machines and people. So oh, okay. machines cutting and people manning the machines, but machines, they're not hand sewing it like this. They're, they're using machines to sew, but it is people manning the machines. And they were made in a variety of places. When I joined, it was made in the USA. It got so big, they had to outsource. So it was being made in Thailand. It was being made in China. It was, I think there was some in Indonesia. I'm not sure. There were a lot of different places. Then there was like, rumors of sweatshop stuff. Um, then LuLaRoe started going down to like prove it was okay and like showing pictures and all of these things. And then on the back end, when I was trying to figure things out and I was working trying to find evidence against LuLaRoe, I actually had a contact in China who was in the manu manufacturing district. And he was like, I need to talk to him. He's like, LuLaRoe's not paying. And this was before anybody knew. He's like, LuLaRoe's not paying their bills. And I said, what do you mean? And he showed me pictures. He's like, these are all pallets full of leggings we made for them that they can't, that they can't take because they haven't paid and they're just sitting here. And he's like, and all of these workers are out this money because nobody can be paid because LuLaRoe is not paying their bill. And I said, what's going to happen? He's like, if they don't pay by a certain time, like they'll be auctioned off. And then a few months later, you start seeing them pop up in Marshalls and they're popping up in Australia and they're popping up like all over. And the consultants who have no idea what's going on because they think I'm a loser liar who just wants to, you know, spread lies and burn everything down. I'm like, I, I, we told you LuLaRoe's not paying their bills. Here's the proof. And then everything started showing up everywhere. And then like a month or two later, there was a huge billion dollar lawsuit that was like, Hey, LuLaRoe hasn't been paying us. And I was like, I told you like, but I knew that because that was the lawsuit that I was gathering evidence for. But I was like, I knew <laughs> this was happening and nobody wanted to believe us. Nobody wanted to believe anything that we were finding. Uh, to the, there's been three documentaries made about this company and people wow. are still like, nah, no. Like, yeah, huh? Yes. <laughs> God, like what? <laughs> it's like a comedy of errors. I mean, you have to understand I'm out of this for so long. So for me, it's hilarious. For me, it's like, like an Abbott and Costello movie or something. Yeah. We're no, just like, absolutely. how does this keep happening?
It's a Marx I Brothers mean, skit. <laughs> Marx Brothers, absolutely. It's it's just, I mean, there's so many things. There's just, it's so, there's so much. Well, I mean, dare I, dare I say it? It's a South Park episode is really what it is. It's like a South Park season. There's so much. I think if anybody could condense the story of Lula down, like the whole story into 30 minutes, it would be um, Matt Stone and Trey Parker. <laughs> if they want to do that, they can call me. I'll help them out. <laughs> I mean, three documentaries. I didn't know that there was three documentaries about this. And, yeah. and, 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 and so I remember watching the film and I thought to myself, so there's the husband and wife, right? Mm -hmm. Their yeah. names are. Mark and Deanne. Yeah, I wanted to call them Jim, Jim and Timmy. Jim Faye. and Tammy Faye. <laughs> but I just, they're, they're potato, just, potato. they are just, they are, exactly. They are just, oh, but this is a business that you can support all your family on. And, and there are people making money. And, and what, talk to me about the leaders of the, or, or whatever they are in the hierarchy. I don't know. What yeah. I call them mega huns. Mega huns. Okay. So the people that were in charge that are showing their checks that are getting, you know, yeah, $150,000 checks for being superstar gold level, but really that doesn't show the $140,200 they just spent to, to get that right. $150,000 right. check. It's all right. smoke and mirrors. Is that correct? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In fact, um, it was really, it was really interesting the way that the tops and LuLaRoe did that because for a while and what the whole lawsuit against LuLaRoe, uh, being a pyramid scheme was about was that they were actually a pyramid scheme and, and people were getting bonuses based on what they purchased rather than what they were actually selling to an end consumer. So, you know, you could, you could buy a ton of stuff and then you'd get a bonus on it. So, or the people above you would get bonuses on it. So, uh, yeah, you could like, to qualify, you could just buy stuff to qualify. You didn't actually have to have sales or anything. You could literally just buy it all. So a lot of these tops, and I think I told you about that video that I took at a convention where everybody was on stage and they were like, my name's Becky and my first check was $470. And my last check last month was $165,000. And then everyone's like, wow, Becky, yeah. And then it goes on to the next person. And it's even more outrageous and it's even more absurd. Well, one of those women that was up there, her name was Kim Roylance. She was my very tippity, tippity, toppity, toppity, mega hun. She's still in the company. She's like Deanne's bestie. They're super gross. She was the one that told everybody to sell their breast milk to be able to pay for LuLaRoe. That was her. So she, it's like the mega hun, get these huge checks. She was the first LuLaRoe consultant to accumulate over $1 million in bonus checks. And she was presented one of those like you know, publishers clearing house like checks at convention one night, one time, uh -huh. like a million dollars that she had collectively earned up to that point. So like, that's like, that's how big this, this woman was or is what. So <laughs> she had so much LuLaRoe because she's buying her bonus every month because she's got so many people underneath her. She has to hit a certain amount to be able to hit her check, to get her check. Right. That she had like a freaking like basement full like it was so much and she would go live and you could see how much she had and then she also would do these things where she was bringing things back from the vault like vintage like if LuLaRoe was a year old or something like prints that were older than a year were called vintage and LuLaRoe and so she had these prints that at the time nobody wanted but now because these prints are so shitty those old prints that kind of sucked are looking pretty good so she <laughs> opened the vault like she's a Disney princess or something and 
say, oh, we have all these limited edition, like LuLaRoe vintage and people, and I'm like, it's all the shit she bought to make all of her bonus checks. That's what it is. But she makes it seem like it's something magical. And I'm like, it's just front loading, which is essentially buying everything to qualify for your bonuses, which all MLMs do. LuLaRoe is just not as um, secretive. About it? Or so secretive about it? <laughs> not, they were a little more obvious, it. right? A, With their pyramid y scheminess, little, right? A little more overt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, like, I don't know. <laughs> but when you say yeah. all, when you say all MLMs do this, this is, this is the, the it's way. It's just inherent. It? It's just that here's the thing. Like an MLM is not going to work the way that the MLM wants to work without this sort of cult in it. So the cult fuels the MLM fuels the sales and fuels everything. Because if you think of like any MLM, like off the top of your head, like Mary Kay, Amway, LuLaRoe, whatever, they sell a product that's already out there. Like all of us right now could be like, be right back and go get the thing we're thinking of, the lipstick, the leggings, the water filter, whatever it is, we could go get it and be back within an hour and we'd have it in our hands and we could be using it right now. And there's no pyramid scheme to join and no one's going to be haggling me three weeks from now going, how did you like your water filter? Did you want an air purifier too? Like it's not going to happen. Right. So there isn't really an inherent need for these companies. The stuff that they're selling is already available. If you just do a little bit of research, you said like ketones to drink, like you'll find them. They're there. <laughs> the reason you see the MLM is because the MLM is, is now has this like this workforce of unpaid. Like what? Like promoters. Like you're like promoting some club opening or something like drink my ketones, wear my lipstick, but you're not getting paid. And so the MLM doesn't have to, I saw that one time somebody was like, MLMs are so great. They don't have to pay for advertising. And I was like, yeah, Doug, cause you do it for free. Like you're doing it for them right now for free. Now they never have to pay for advertising because all of their reps gladly do it. They, they wear it like a personality. They paste it all over their social media. So that's why maybe you've never heard of another product that's exactly the same because it's not posted all over your friends asking you to buy it all the time. But anything that you can buy in an MLM, you're going to be able to find at the at the store somewhere. You know what I mean? So there's no really inherent need for these companies. And so the cult aspect of being inside the MLM is what keeps it going. Nobody needs a garage full of lipstick except a Mary Kay consultant who's trying to get her check. Like, because, and then here's the other thing that MLMs do. All of their products have like an expiration date. Interesting. So like everything expires. So you're stockpiling all this stuff. And then you're like, oh, all this lipstick's like expired. Like I can't sell expired makeup. So I got to discount it and hope to get my money back, but you're not. So now you're losing money on this too. Like, it's just, it's this, this like vicious cycle that nobody really like sees until they see it. And then they're like, oh shit. It's that, it's that moment. It's the whole glass ceiling just busting above you going, oh my God. <laughs> and you see this, like, it's a system. It absolutely is a system, the way that it works. I have an episode on my podcast about the Amway Tools cult, which is like, I think probably the cult that most people in MLM would know is like the Amway, like the tapes and everything. And if you've ever seen the show on Becoming a God in Central Florida, yeah, you know about the tapes, it. listening to the tapes in the car and the whole crash and everything is because yeah. of these tapes, 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 tapes. And so 
back in the day when MLMs were becoming legal, there was this guy named Dexter Yeager and he was an Amway. And he realized that the best way to get people to buy shit was to sell it himself. And if he was selling what everybody else was selling, there was no reason for them to buy it from him. So essentially he was doing these like speaky, like speaking and some guy would like record him on a, like a cassette tape. And then they would make a bunch of copies and they'd sell it at the next meeting for like five bucks a tape. If you missed last meeting, oh, it's so good. But don't worry, we taped it for you. It's the equivalent of like, the equivalent of like yeah, the Zoom will be recorded. Like you can catch the replay. But they were selling it for like five bucks. And it became very, 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 very profitable. Profitable so much that people that the people that were selling the tapes were making way more money than they ever would be selling Amway. And Amway was like, uh, we don't like this. Like you need to quit selling these tapes because it's in competition to us. And Dexter Yeager's like, your business doesn't work without my scam. Huh. And I know another business would be willing to be the business that takes up my scam. So either we work together or I find someone else. And Amway really? was like, okay, I guess we're selling tapes. I mean, it's a little more nuanced than that, but that's like sure. the too long didn't read essentially. And there was a, there was a, a meeting at the fountain blue hotel in Miami beach. And this listener of mine, who's just fantastic. He did a, uh, he, he's a historian and he came across this research and he was like, Roberta would love this. <laughs> so he emailed me and he goes, can I come on the show and tell you about the, the tool scam? And I was like, yes, this is so amazing. And so it's really cool. We have like the actual call footage cause he's a historian and he found all this stuff. So it's just a really interesting story into like how it works like from the perspective of like the scammers building it on the back end that's wild <laughs> so you know it's like very interesting and stuff like there it's it's very it, it it all works it's all intentional it doesn't work any other way and i think i told you that the on becoming a god in central florida isn't you can't watch it anywhere it's off the air is it just gone? It's you can't find it on Showtime is the one that created it. Right. It's not on Peacock. It's not on Paramount Plus. It's nowhere, apparently. I'm like, Michelle. why? I'm like, why is that? that we have to figure weird. it out, Michelle. That is weird to me. I wonder if Amway has anything to do with that. It's just a really weird the DSA. Weird because it was a fantastic show. <laughs> it's so good. So good. So good. So good. So good. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Because I was like, oh, I want to watch that again now. Uh, just, <laughs> just, I just want to watch. Because I was trying to think of the guy's name from the, the character. Oh, yeah. He does the tapes, whatever his weird name Where's is. Dave? Yeah, we need Dave. Um, On Becoming a God in Central Florida is like, not only is it not, it's like off the air, like canceled or like ended, but it's not even available to stream. No, not at so, all. So I'm curious. I'm I'm curious if we have any evidence of the DSA or Amway being involved in that sort of takedown. Dave is our friend Dave Vaughn, who probably would already know the answer to this question. <laughs> I want to know. <laughs> He'd probably I'm be like, you. yeah, I told you about it four weeks ago. And I was like, oh, like it's that sort of thing. <laughs> I just thought it was oh, really bizarre that. because I remember watching it and I think uh I think that um for me. It just, it's just, I just thought it was so brilliant, but yeah. I remember thinking like, how, how is this going to, this, this is exposing a lot of underbelly. I was, I was talking to somebody, I, uh, uh, Linda Eve, who follows me, who always is on my Instagram lives. 
she said she uses doTERRA products daily. Oh, yeah. Tried the advocate thing and it didn't work out for me. Almost fell for another MLM yep. called World Financial Group. Yeah. Well, um, so here's the thing, Linda. Once I, I, I'm an I'm an advocate also for, you know, not wasting your money. So once once you purchase something and it belongs to you, it seems silly. Like people are like, I threw away all my MLM stuff and rebought everything. I'm like, why? <laughs> you wasted so much money. Um, as long as the product is good and it's not harming you or someone else, continue to use the product. And when when you're when you're done with the DoTerra, check out this company called Revive Oils. They make blends and all of the same exact stuff. They even have all of the DoTerra and Young Living Loop dupes on their website, and it's like. I don't know, like 75% cheaper. Like it's, I've turned so many people onto it. They'll go, let me see. And they're like, oh, what? And I'm like, I know you're not paying for anybody's upline vacation to Cancun anymore. And we will have a link <laughs> to that where you can sign up with our affiliate program. And the link to the show. I was like, Revive Just Oil, kidding. sponsor my show. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, so that's interesting. So then to these companies, because I think for uh, like I like I, I was telling you um, on uh, I got involved in an MLM. I was in music school. I want to say it was like 1997. It was long right. distance. It was Excel, and it was like you could, long distance. And I got I think I got my you know my my adoptive father in on it and a couple other people. Then it's just like I got kind of fizzled on it. But there was just like a whole cult of it and it ended up leading me into investing in a Ponzi scheme. This was nineteen ninety eight. But no, but this is a good this is a good ending because uh it it was a whole thing which I won't get into, but essentially I had uh, lawyers for my parents' case and all this stuff. I had invested in this Ponzi scheme and uh but i didn't know it was a ponzi scheme i didn't even know what a ponzi scheme was <laughs> right. and and then somebody i was selling phone cards which sounds like a ponzi scheme but it wasn't because i was just doing i was literally buying time from a company and it wasn't an mlm or anything involved with that but the guy that i was working with said you know that thing you invested in is ponzi scheme and i was like what is a ponzi scheme he broke it all down for me so i sent them a letter and i said <laughs> I said, uh, you know, just so I, you, I did, just to, so you well, know, I gave him the phone call and I said, I said, so I've become aware that you are taking money and then living off that money from our investment and not putting it into the company. Is that true? And they sort of danced around it. And I said, okay, so I don't know what a Ponzi scheme is. I'm what, 21 years old, 22 years old. I'm like, but I just know that this isn't kosher. And I right. said, you know, I want my money back. You know, I've been waiting for it. I, you know, we're supposed to give me back my investment plus principal plus interest or whatever it was for the stock or whatever it was. And uh, they said, uh, and they said, well, we can't do that. And I said, okay, that's great. So I sent them a certified letter. And because it's back before e like email was a popular thing. So I sent them a certified letter. This is like 1999, 2000. I sent them a certified letter and I put, you know, CC, FBI and Securities and Exchange Commission. <laughs> then somebody else from the company called me after receiving that letter and basically in in a very less than opaque way threatened me and said, you're, you're not going to get your money. Like, or, or he said, you might get your money, but you were going to break your legs. I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> okay, you're in California. I'm in Ohio. <laughs> you're not coming over here. I know that there's a lot of many people say, you know, you're only a plane ride away, but you're, you're not coming on. A plane. If you're, if you're taking money to live on, you're not coming on it. You're not getting on an airplane. You're not going to find it. <laughs> And uh, I, said, that's, that's, that's great. I said, that's great. I said, that's absolutely great. I will, um, I'll, I'll send the, I'll send the, I'll contact the, the departments tomorrow. Well, wouldn't you know, I got a cashier's check overnighted. 
And yeah, that's how because I you squeaky wheeled. And that's how I squeaky wheeled. And that's how I learned. And I would tell my friends, squeaky wheel gets the grease. And I told everybody, I said, this is, I said, I don't know what a Ponzi scheme is, but this is what these guys are doing. You got to ask for your money. Nobody believed me. So I'm living in California now. This is 10, you know, 10 years later. And I just get this little wild hair up my ass. And I'm like, go on Google really fast and type in their names. What do you know? They all went to federal prison. Every single one of them. There you go. And I think they ended up stealing. They they had misappropriated uh, like seven or eight million dollars worth of people's funds over ten years. Wasn't the Bernie Madoff? Yeah, it's the Bernie Madoff. But it was all they were all MLM people. They of course they were talking. They were all talking about this. And that, and there's like these, these gifting boards where people give money and they, yes, you have to read the statement and you I give this money over free will. And I was like, yeah, I need my money back out of that too. Like, come on. I just, you know, uh, like that's not happening. Yeah. And just all of these things. Cause you know, obviously somebody gets left holding the bag, right? As Absolutely. with MLMs get stuck with stockings and whatnot. <laughs> and, uh, but I just... I mean, that was my first taste of a Ponzi scheme, but it all literally was MLM people all down the line. Cause I started looking at all of it. I was like, so this You're like, wait a second. Oh, this person did Amway, which I wasn't really, there was somebody with like Meluca, Melanuca. Or yeah. Melaluca is another one. <laughs> and on all these things and like, oh, okay, they do this. And they were all just in this little circle. It was so funny. Oh. Oh, good. Yeah, on, on becoming a god in Central Florida can be watched on Fubo. Fubo. Fubo TV. Amway doesn't have any ties to Fubo. Like Amway couldn't get to Fubo. <laughs> I guess not. But yeah, so that's my that's my that's my like MLM sort of daisy chain story. And oh. it's just it's very um that's the wild. thing. Like everybody has one. Like everybody has an MLM story, whether it's like their own or like my mom, my friend, my partner, my ex, whatever. Like I think that's what makes it so it's already like watching a train wreck where you're just yeah. like, what is going on? But it's like this scam that you're now like a part of because you're like, oh, I have that product in my house or oh, my friend sells that. And it like brings you really close to the center of it. And I don't know. I, I just think it 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 create it makes it real because you can go. I know that company. I have that. I've used that company, and I don't know what it is. You know what I mean? It just. I think it makes it more personable and more personal, and people are fascinated by that to be a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's it. <laughs> there are no shortcuts. <clears throat> no. No. And... It's it's interesting. I like even camping. Like there were people that. You know, like, well, what do you do? I said, oh, I have a podcast. And people are like, like, that's your job? I was like, yeah, it is. And they're like, well, what do you talk about? And again, I've got all these strangers I don't know. And I'm like, I talk about scams <laughs> and frauds. And as their, their eyes are getting bigger and bigger, and I was like, and pyramid schemes. And this one girl's like, oh, I know who you are. And I was like, shh, don't tell me. She goes, that she's like this girl was like that's where i know you from that's funny <laughs> she recognized me from the country, and i was like oh hey and she's like oh my god i have so many questions can i sit next to you i said yeah was, and, and we just we on. talked like mlm stories like all night it was incredible amway still exists it is the number one mlm in the world still well so it's interesting you, I, I was i was telling my my adopted mother this, this morning you told me that amway 
lobbied Congress, spent millions and millions of dollars lobbying Congress to gain approval to get China into the World Trade Organization. Is that correct? I mean, sort of, yeah. They were involved. The lobbying efforts were involved. I mean, it goes all the way back to like 1979 when MLMs became legal because they won their case against the FTC. It's very convoluted and confusing. And if you look at the case, you're like, how did this even pass? But Basically, what happened was Ronald Reagan was the best looking pro-business candidate when Amway became legal. And so uh, the Amway, the heads of Amway, Richard DeVos and Jay Van Andel, uh, gave Ronald Reagan a ton of money because they wanted a pro-business person in the White House to continue this momentum of MLMs or businesses that the FTC had just said. And so they gave, I don't know the number, I want to say it was like 8 million and Reagan ended up only spending like 6 million of it. So like they gave him more than he actually spent. And in return, he put Richard DeVos in his cabinet and he made Jay Van Andel the president of the Chamber of Commerce. So the, the founder of Amway was the president of the United States Chamber of Commerce at the federal level in 1980. Thanks, Ronald Reagan. So when we were in D.C., I asked Michelle, I think it was Michelle. Michelle might not have been there yet, but we went and we we, we had some meetings and a conference and a presentation. But we walked by the Reagan Ronald Reagan administration building and I flipped it off. <laughs> I was so mad. I'm like, I don't like it. And I <laughs> but yeah, so eventually what happened was MLMs are legal and then we're in the early 2000s. And there's a stall uh, in sort of like MLMs and they wanted new blood. And I think China was one of the only like holdouts of MLM. And so they they lobbied and were able to get China added into the World Trade Organization, which opened up trade to China. And um, Amway rushed in. All of these MLMs rushed in. A bunch of Chinese MLMs started. I might have to let my dog out in a sec. Uh, a bunch of Chinese MLMs started because of that. And the Chinese government within like a year or so was like, these are pyramid schemes. Like we have to ban them. And um, Amway sort of came and was like, yeah, but when you say these are pyramid schemes, we have to ban them. You mean like the Chinese ones, right? Like you don't mean the American ones. Like the American <laughs> ones are fine, right? Here's some money. Do you like money? The American ones are fine, right? And basically they were able to create a law, like a rule where American pyramid schemes are legal in China, but um, not other ones. It's it's wild. Like the whole thing is all in Ponzi-nomics by Robert Fitzpatrick. He's incredible. All in but that book, Ponzi-nomics is the book and it really breaks it down. And if, if you have, it will break your heart because MLMs are bipartisan and like everybody's involved and the, the blue and the red. And you just, there's so many people that you're just like, them too like it's just really disgusting it's like looking at who takes money from the nra you know what i mean you're like oh man there's so many of them what it's that kind sure. of thing where you're just like oh um and yeah and it's 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 under the guise of being pro-business but what these people are doing is they're literally lob lobbying to like deregulate business and deregulate capitalism and they're using like mlm as one of the vehicles to do that and it's just really like gross and disheartening and like bad <laughs> so we're trying to get regulation back into it they've they've successfully regulate like they've successfully lobbied themselves out of regulation that was literally written specifically for them and somehow they're exempt from it so so uh for now i'm collier landry and this is moving past trauma thanks y'all
this podcast is made possible by support from listeners just like you. For exclusive content around this podcast, please consider supporting me via Patreon by going to collierlandry.com forward slash support. Please subscribe via Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from, and please leave us a five-star review. If you want to see video episodes of this podcast, please check out my YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash collierlandry. You can find links to additional resources in the show notes of today's episode. This podcast is a production of Don't Touch My Radio. Copyright Collier Landry.